ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Yahweh said to Abram, leave your country, your kindred, and your father's house for a country which I will show you. God places a very definite challenge before Abram, later to be Abraham, to leave these places that are very close to his heart. And there's a progressive specification of the command. Each time it's something closer to his heart, your country, your kindred, your father's house. Our Lord asks him for a piece of his heart, something very close to him. And he asks him to set out towards an undisclosed destination, a country that I will show you. So God demands from Abraham, our father in faith, a great trust and a great faith. But with that, he also opens incredible horizons. In the Eucharistic prayer number one, we refer to Abraham as our father in faith. Somebody that we can look to, to learn about this virtue. And this is in Lent, the church places before us this particular passage of scripture and I shall make you a great nation so on the one hand there are demands but on the other hand there are great promises I shall bless you and make your name famous you are to be a blessing I heard recently that in this year 1921 it's the fifth centennial of the conversion of Saint Ignatius. So in 1521, Saint Ignatius lay wounded after a battle in Pamplona in Spain, and that was the moment of his conversion when he had a spiritual experience. God entered into his life. But at that moment, Saint Ignatius, Saint Ignatius couldn't have had any idea of how God was going to use his correspondence over five centuries and beyond to be the backbone of the church for so many centuries to educate so many people to build up so many saints and martyrs Saint Francis Xavier in 1970 Pope Saint John Paul canonized the 40 English saints many of whom were martyrs and many of them Jesuits very heroic witness to the faith and maintaining the faith during times of incredible persecution. This week in the United Kingdom there is a, an exhibition of those relics of those martyrs. It's interesting how five centuries later we're looking back to these historical realities, all of which came from the faith of Saint Ignatius and how God used his correspondence. Well, in the same way, God wants to use our correspondence. 
with no idea how God has planned to use our faith and our living out the practice of our faith to build up a whole new civilization of love that St. John Paul talks about. We've come to change the world with our faith. And so in our prayer this morning, we can say to our Lord, well, Lord, increase my faith. Increase my faith, my hope, my charity. Help me to correspond in the way that you want me to correspond. Because I know you have great things that are dependent on my correspondence. Every time that we receive the sacraments, we get an increase of faith, of hope, and of charity. The theological, supernatural virtues come to us with the grace of God that comes through the sacraments. And so every time we go to confession and receive Holy Communion, well, it's good to have a habitual desire <clears throat> that you actualize of telling our Lord, my Lord, I want this communion or this confession to bring me all those graces that I need to grow in these key virtues. And that's one of the reasons why the church recommends frequent confession, frequent reception of Holy Communion, so that we grow in these virtues, we grow in grace, we grow in faith, and ultimately we grow in holiness. I shall bless those who bless you and shall curse those who curse you. And all clans on earth will bless themselves by you. So Abraham went as Yahweh told him. Abraham corresponds to the commands that God gives him, or the invitations. And on many occasions we're going to find this is his response. And Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haram. <clears throat> so he wasn't a young man by any standards. And so God may come to us at any stage of our life and ask us for great things. And before that, in that whole preparation period, where God may be building us up, <clears throat> building us up to that particular moment when he wants to make a great demand on our life. It happened some time later that God put Abraham, Abraham to the test. Abraham, Abraham, he called. Here I am, he replied. And so sometimes God places challenges in front of us, <coughs> challenges he wants us to rise to, little demands or little difficulties or little problems. And he hopes that we will turn to him with faith, to prayer, or leave things in his hands, or learn how to trust. He wants that in our own lives, and he wants us to cultivate that spirit around us. A few years ago, I was introducing, I was interviewing a 100-year-old Loretta sister who's been here for 73 years, died recently, and I asked her that when she followed her vocation. They had other, two other religious vocations in her family, three of them. How did her parents react to her vocation and to her coming here to Kenya? She said, well, my mother didn't mind because she was a saint. How important it is that mothers and fathers of families are saints. 
because God may want to do great things with their children. We have to try and live like saints with great faith to foster that spirit of faith around us. For that seedbed of vocations which the domestic church has to be, which fathers and mothers of families are called to, to build with their own virtue. And so in the same way that God called to Abraham, he calls to each one of us in our daily work, in our ups and downs, and this week and that week, in the things that happen to us in the course of our life. He calls to us and he hopes <clears throat> that our response will be like that of Abraham, here I am, et your ego. In the Old Testament there are other phrases that say, here I am because you have called me. Here I am ready for anything, the sky's the limit. Here is your servant, ready to do whatever you ask of me, ready to accompany your son to Calvary, and to stand with him there like Our Lady. This period of Lent is a time for us to grow particularly in these virtues, time of great spiritual bonanza. That's why the church places these passages before us for our contemplation. And God said, take your son, your only son, your beloved Isaac. And so God invites him now to the major sacrifice that he's going to ask of him in his life. And again, there's a progressive delineation of the command or specification. Each time something closer to his heart. Take your son, your only son, your beloved Isaac. <clears throat> Don't be surprised if God asks you for not just a piece of your heart, but your whole heart. Because that's what he did with Abraham. Sometimes God may ask mothers and fathers of families to make the sacrifice of Abraham. And go to the land of Moriah, where you are to offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will point out to you. It's still a relatively undisclosed destination, but progressive specification of all the details. Now beforehand, God had told him that I'm going to make you the father of a great nation. And now the very means that God had given him to make this father of a great nation, he seems to want to take away. And so Abraham has every right, you could say, to like to question God. Why? Why now? Why me? Why this? How come? The mystery. There's a point in the Mass where we say the mystery of faith. Our faith is a mystery. Our faith is made up of mysteries. Thanks be to God. If all the mysteries of our faith fitted into our little mind, well, there wouldn't be great mysteries. God is a mystery. Love is a mystery. We come face to face with mysteries all the time. Our God invites us to grow in faith and trust in him. <clears throat> to leave things in his hands. Sometimes God wants time to pass before he will allow this fruit to come or that fruit to come. He wants us to wait, to be patient. Early next morning, Abraham saddled his donkey and took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. 
He chopped wood for the burnt offering and started on his journey to the place which God had indicated to him. So little by little he fulfills all the little details that are necessary to carry out what God has asked of him. Still not fully understanding. Still leaving everything in God's hands. But going forward little by little along this pilgrimage of faith. And so also each day of our life and fulfilling our daily duties in our work, in family life, in sickness and in health, in the ups and downs, in taking care of the little things of every day, putting this thing in its place, finishing this other job, having a to-do list, looking at our priorities, we're going forward in faith, contributing to the great enterprise that God has called us to be involved in, the building up of the church, or the fostering of this particular apostolic activity, or the formation of this other soul. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Then Abraham said to his servants, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I are going over there. We shall worship and then come back to you. So he leads the servants there because somehow this is something personal that involves him and his son. Stay here with the donkey. We shall worship and then come back to you. We're going to perform a certain ritual. We're going to pray. We're going to communicate with God. We're going to do something special. And this is private. This is personal. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, loaded it on Isaac, and carried in his own hands the fire and the knife. And the two of them set out together. There's something very nice about that word together. There's unity, there's love, there's coherence, there's teamwork. They're going to fulfill the plans of God together. Sometimes the plans of God involve us working with other people, doing things with them together. Isaac spoke to his father Abraham. Father, he said, yes, my son. Abraham was attentive to the voice of God, but he was also attentive to the voice of others. Available, open, transparent, clear. Yes, my son. He didn't say to his son, you know, don't bother me now. You know, I have a lot of things in my head and my heart. You, know? or you keep quiet. You know? Or ask me later. Or doesn't avoid the question yes my son he replied look here are the fire and the wood but where is the lamb for the burnt offering well that question must have pierced the heart of Abraham about to kill his only son his beloved whom he loves and he's left with the question well do I tell him the whole truth or do I joke with him and say, well, you'll go find out pretty quickly where the lamb and the burnt offering is. No? Oh boy, are you about to find out the, uh, the reason for your existence? I've got news for you. <laughs> he could have said a whole pile of things. But Abraham replied, my son, God himself would provide the lamb for the burnt offering. Deus provide David knows. 
God will provide. Beautiful words that have come down to us from scripture, words of Abraham, words of trust, of correspondence, of faith. As we look to the future and possibly see all the great things God wants us to do in our life, and maybe we lack the means, the know-how, this, that, the other, so many things we lack, but God will provide. This afternoon I hope to go to visit again that 95-year-old priest who was the first priest in Pokot in 1952, who said that when he arrived there, there was no education, no medication, and no revelation. And later on, he, he wrote textbooks in Pokot. He learned the language. He wrote the New Testament, wrote a dictionary. And now at 95, he's the happiest man on the planet. He said, God has used me in all sorts of ways. He built a hospital <coughs> in Ortum. Many famous things. Very simple person at 23 years of age. But now can look back in his life and see the incredible things that God has achieved. <coughs> God will provide. As we set out on our missionary journey as lay people in the middle of the world to fulfill our mission, to climb mountains with nothing, not knowing this or that, will we put our trust in God and things will work out in a greater, better way than we could ever have imagined. We teach parents to pray more for their children, to lead virtuous lives, and God will do the rest. Make them great instruments of his to change the world. God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, and the two of them went on together. There's serenity, there's peace, there's no anxiety. No worry about the future. We're fulfilling the plans of God and everything will work out. Omni and bono. When they arrived at the place which God had indicated to him, Abraham built an altar there. And so first, before the sacrifice, there is prayer. We turn to God in prayer and in faith. For every little thing, that we're about to do and for all the stages of those things. He built an altar there and arranged the wood. Then he bound his son and put him on the altar on top of the wood. So now Isaac gets a bit of an idea of what's going to happen. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to kill his son. So he goes all the way, he's used all the means, he's prepared everything. But the angel of Yahweh called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. He said, here I am. So at the 11th hour, God calls to him. He waits until this last moment when he has his hand outstretched and the knife ready to plunge into the heart of his son. Abraham goes to that extent. And in this moment, God calls. And Abraham could have said, what is it now? Yeah. <clears throat> he could have replied in a human way. But with the peace of faith, he says, here I am. There may be times when we're working hard, the 11th hour, preparing something that's all, almost ready, and suddenly there's a change of plan. The thing we were preparing for is not going to happen. 
and we put all this time and work into this thing and all our thought or the whole day or the whole week or the whole month. Openness to the plans of God. Here I am. Doesn't matter what moment it is. Doesn't matter how much work I've done. Here I am. Or I've just spent three hours cleaning this floor and some cat now walks in the window and dirties my floor. Or all the other things that God permits in our life. When maybe all the angels in heaven have their hands on their hips and they're bursting their sides laughing. All those silly moments that we find ourselves in when we could have the human reaction to explode and we realize the whole of heaven is looking on to this hilarious moment to enjoy this practical joke that God has placed on us. Here I am. Do not raise your hand against the boy, the angel said. Do not harm him. For now I know This is like the key phrase of the whole narrative. Now I know you fear God. This was the test to which Abraham was placed and he's passed the test. Now I know. God was looking for that proof of his faith. And so God doesn't just want faith expressed in words. He wants faith expressed in deeds. We have to show our faith in concrete ways, in our apostolate, in daring, in selection, in bringing up topics with people, in speaking to them about God, in speaking to them about confession, about Lent, about Holy Week, about improving their life, about formation, about being a better person, facing the challenges before them that God has placed before us, to launch out into the deep, to give something to the church, to build it up, so that we can change this world, change the spiritual emptiness that there is in it. Now I know that you fear God. And so with our life of faith, it's interesting how St. Jose Maria didn't just talk about acts of faith, he talks about a life of faith. God calls us to lead a life of faith. And with that life of faith, faith put into practice in all sorts of ways, in all sorts of moments, and God wants to work miracles. Like St. Ignatius in 1521, God asked of him a life of faith, and the results are immense. Sea without a, sand without a sea, on the seashore, the, the grains of sand, multiplying your descendants in all sorts of ways. The, the, the mind is, <clears throat> can't even imagine what God wants to do with the seeds of faith that he wants to see in our life. Now I know that you fear God. You have not refused me your own beloved son. You didn't just give me a piece of your heart. You gave me your whole heart. Not just your country, the place where you loved, where you lived, but your, your own beloved son, so close to your heart. And so God asks us for the things that are very close to our heart. If ever you were to say, in your life, well, I couldn't give that to God. That's something I couldn't do, or I couldn't give him that thing. If he ever asked me for that thing, well, I, I couldn't manage to give it. You can be sure that'll be the very thing God will ask of you. Because he wants everything. He's not satisfied with little pieces. 
wants the whole of our hearts, the whole of our life, lock, stock and barrel. The sacrifice is to be a holocaust. We're called to follow Christ to Calvary, to be there with him on the cross. Because the great fruits depend on that. Then looking up, Abraham saw a ram caught by its horns in a bush. Abraham took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Interesting, Abraham didn't just say, okay, thank you very much, goodbye, we go home. No, he also made a sacrifice. Looking up, he saw a ram initiative. He thought out of the box, well, now that I'm here, let me offer something in thanksgiving to God for this great gift that he's given to me, the gift of faith, but also the gift of my son. What joy there must have been in Abraham's heart, what relief. But he doesn't just walk away from the situation. He makes a sacrifice in prayer to God and recognition. He took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering in place of his son. And God must have been very happy with that sacrifice. Abraham wasn't angry with all that God had put him through. He was grateful. He saw how the plans of God, they yield their abundant fruit. And Abraham called this place Yahweh provides, and hence the saying today on the mountain Yahweh provides. But it's not over yet. The angel of Yahweh called Abraham a second time from heaven. Calls him again. Speaks to him in all sorts of beautiful ways. says, I swear by my own self, Yahweh declares, that because you've done this, because you have not refused me, your own beloved son, God begins to talk in a very solemn manner. There aren't any other places in scripture where God speaks like this, with such seriousness, profound joy. I swear by my own self. Wow. Pretty strong stuff. Yahweh declares, because you've done this, then he sort of emphasizes the point by repeating it, because you have not refused me, your own beloved son. There is no nobody that appreciates the sacrifice as much as God does. It makes him so happy, so fulfilled, so joyful, so peaceful. That somebody has loved God and respected him so much as to fulfill his commands in such a, a generous way. God loves the heart of Abraham. No wonder he's called our father in faith. And because of this, God will refuse him nothing. Likewise, when we are generous with God, when we put our faith into practice in concrete ways, in deeds, not just in words, <clears throat> there is nothing that God will refuse us. I will shower blessings on you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars of heaven and the grains of sand on the seashore. Next time you're on a seashore, we'll just have another look at those grains of sand. The graphic examples that God uses to express what he wants to say. 
Your descendants will gain possession of the gates of their enemies. Power, dominion. There is nothing that God will not refuse him. And so likewise, as we try to lead lives of faith, God wants to bring fruits that will last for the whole of eternity. Things that when we go to enjoy the wedding feast, the eternal wedding feast, we can look back with great joy and pride at all that God has achieved in us and through us, through our life of fidelity, of correspondence, of faith put into practice, so that hopefully he can use our lives as an example to all those who come after us with a message that is worth the effort, so that five centuries from now people can also celebrate our correspondence to grace. All nations on earth will bless themselves by your descendants because you have obeyed my command. God puts great importance on obedience. Obedience in big things and obedience in little things. Obedience because we see <clears throat> the hand and the will of God behind those things that are said to us by the people that God has placed around us to guide us. Abraham went back to his servants and together they set out for Beersheba and Abraham settled in Beersheba. St. Jose Maria liked to say that men of faith are needed today. People of faith are needed. We need a greater faith in, in God, in the church, in the Holy Father, in the sacraments, in all the things that God has given to us. <clears throat> faith in the truths of our faith that come to us in the catechism. We need to see concrete moments and ways where we can put this faith into practice in our work, in our family, in our daily tasks, in our prayer, in our plan of life, in our weekly sacramental confessions over time. How God wants to change our soul, in our fervent holy communions, faith in our apostles, in our launching out into the deep and taking on great projects that perhaps we think are too great for our capabilities. But yes, God will provide. He'll show us the way. Lead on, kindly light, Newman used to say. There's a kindly light there in our lives that leads us along the pathway in the, in the darkness, perhaps. We can have great faith in the mass of every day. Faith to get over the fear of the cross. Faith in God's infinite goodness. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Faith in the face of our personal weaknesses. If God is with us, who can be against us? Faith in our charity. And God will give us the grace to be able to love a little more, a little better. To put this virtue into practice in concrete ways. Because God is love. John Paul II, when he talked of Our Lady and our faith, he called her woman of faith. But he also liked to say she was the woman of faith that is put into practice. Certain nuance there. These days as we accompany Our Lady moving forward through Lent towards Holy Week, Our Lady must have seen all that was coming. Mindful of the words of Simeon, your own soul a sword will pierce. 
And yet she goes forward with faith and constancy towards the cross. Mary, may you help us to have that same faith so that we too can work all the miracles in our life that God wants us to work. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your help to put them into practice. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede.